Do you snap with the, which finger? Do you snap with my the long one or the middle one? Yeah, my my flip off finger. Your flip off finger. Yeah. I don't get the same power as I do with my my Ringo. I didn't know people snapped with that finger. That's crazy. I do. Everybody thinks I'm weird, but I get like listen. Yeah, it works, right? It's got a different tone too. Yeah. I didn't It's got like a snappier tone. Wow. Patrick, I think our hands are musical instruments. We got yeah. different things going on here. I didn't I had for some reason it had never occurred to me that I could snap with a different <laughs> finger and it would make a different sound until this very moment. <laughs> Well, if you notice, see, see, my bird finger is longer and a little bit more dense than my my Ringo finger. Yeah. So it's got a sharper. It's got a little poppier. Whereas this one is kind of like boom, 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 boom. This one's like pa, 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 snappier. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And it's louder. Now I I know I'm I'm not a very musically inclined person, Patrick. But I know across all music, there's like these notes, right? There's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Yeah. So w- which yeah. of your fingers what? That's the question. I have I have no you idea. You don't know? I don't know what octave is in. I don't know any of that all stuff. Right. I'm not a musician. Yes, you. I've, I... I'm le- okay, hold on. It's a B minor. <laughs> and this, this one's a C sharp. Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. How are you doing today, Patrick? Dude, I'm fantastic, Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I am pumped to be here recording another wonderful episode of Design Much. Yeah, you're looking good. You got a smile on your face. Yeah. You're looking happy. Yeah. You're looking bright today. Like you had a good... Did you have a... Did you sleep well last night? Um, I did sleep pretty well last night. Yeah. No, no qualms do you remember, here. Yeah. Do Do you remember your dreams? Andy? From last night, or just <laughs> just when you sleep in general? <laughs> do you wake up and you're like, "Oh, that was a crazy dream," or you just never remember? Dreams? I do remember dreams. Um, sometimes they're very vivid, and I'll remember them. Sometimes I don't remember them, but if I wake up and I try to think about them really hard, I'll start to remember them. Hmm. Interesting. I can't think about my dreams and remember them. They either happen or they don't happen. Yeah. Have you tried that before? Uh, I mean, not not really. Like, not really sat down and being like, hey, what did I dream about last night? <laughs> You should. When you wake up tomorrow, never when that. you wake up tomorrow, just open your eyes and then just think about, okay, you know, go to the, the deepest recesses of your, of your brain, you know, do a little digging, see, see if you can find something you might, you might remember just a hint, you know, it's pretty dark in there, Andy. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to go in there. <laughs> Is it dark? In there? I could, it's like a Pandora's box, man. It might be, but you know, maybe you might learn something about yourself. (laughs) Maybe. Speaking of learning, what are we going to learn today on the podcast? What are we going to learn? What are we going to discuss with each other and learn at the exact same time? All right. 
Well, let's let's find out. Let's look at our, our long list of, of topics here sent in by our our you know awesome listeners. I was about to say users, but they're not our users; they're yeah. our listeners. Um, and it looks like today we're going to be hearing from friend of the show Tyler Crump. T Crump. Yeah. What we got a topic from T Crump? Yeah, we do. Uh, so this better not be some lame product management one. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, it doesn't look like it is a product management um, topic, however. So I hope it's. I hope it's. Why did he cut his hair? Because I'm still mad that he cut his. Did hair. he cut his hair? Dude, he had glorious. Do you remember? T-Cow? I actually don't know. I don't meet? think I've ever personally met Tyler. I I hope I'm not wrong he had about this that. Long, beautiful hair. Okay. And then he cut it off. Was that really recent that he cut it, or like a long time? Uh, it's probably been about a year. Okay, so it could be yeah. on its way back. Maybe, maybe. I haven't seen him in a while. Well, we'll, we'll have to, um, you know, do a follow-up episode, <laughs> see if we can <laughs> um, figure out what's going on with his hair, because I'm sure all of our listeners are very curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now they should be, Google, just Google Tyler Crump long hair. Maybe you'll okay. find it. Awesome. Well, I, I want to see that one day, a picture of his long hair. Um <laughs> So Tyler wrote in to the show and he said, have you done anything around designing for physical products or labels? Have you done any physical product design? Um, I have not done, uh, we have to probably break down what physical product design is, right? Like, yeah. So he says physical products or labels. Um, I have done label design. Physical products, um, like three-dimensional products, I haven't exactly designed. I can't say that yeah, I have. That's industrial design, yeah. right? We don't. I don't think either of us have ever done anything like that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, stuff. you studied industrial design for a little bit, didn't you, Patrick, in college? I did. I, yeah, I took a couple. I took a couple courses. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I can't say I've done physical products. I think that would be super fun, but a, a really a totally different beast. Um, than what I'm used mm-hmm. to in terms of like the design aspect of that project. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun, you know, doing research, um, okay. you know, understanding problems and creating solutions. But yeah, creating the solutions in a, in a physical space, like in a product that you can hold or that you can interact with on a physical way, um, that would be really interesting, but something I have not had the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to dive into ergonomics and you have to dive into 3D modeling yeah. using those using those tools, which are which are fun. There's just so much more to that dynamic than flat two dimensional design. Yep, exactly. So that that would be pretty awesome. So the answer to his question there is no. <laughs> I have not <laughs> done anything around designing for physical products, unfortunately. Um. On the other hand, Patrick, I have designed some labels. Um, yeah, you've printed labels like for like uh, like envelopes when you're sending out envelopes. Put the put the address yeah. on there. You've done stuff yeah, like that, right? Maybe maybe design a label for like a jar, for like canning. Uh huh. Well, do I, you do you do you can do you make salsa? I don't like make that? salsa. I'm not I'm not that great of a a food designer. <laughs> The only food I can design, Patrick, as we've talked about, is sandwiches. I'm a pretty good sandwich designer, yeah, it's but true. Um, it's true. nothing, nothing along, you know, salsa or anything like that. But 
And as a side note, the other day I was thinking about my top ten list of sandwich designers. <laughs> um, and, uh, and there's there's a couple of greats. There's a couple of greats, but you're I think you're right up there in the top. No five. way, really? I made your top five list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is amazing. I don't even think I've designed a sandwich for you before. <laughs> I've seen your sandwiches. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't need to necessarily partake. It's it's design, that, right? I don't need sure. I mean, there's an experience it's about the visual. Appeal there's an experience that goes with eating the sandwich too. <laughs> you know, it's not just the UI; it's also the UX, Patrick, um, and that's important too. So, yeah, um, one day I will have to design a sandwich for you that you can <laughs> actually consume. Yeah, but now Bailey, Bailey over at Bailey's in Orem, um, used to be Blimpy in Provo. Okay, he's a he's a. He's he's in your top five too. He's in my top five too. He's a good sandwich designer. All right, nice. Yeah, so you get some stiff competition. But anyway, uh, labels. Um, so I actually have um, done some actual labels, and so um, back when I was, you know, many years ago, Patrick, when I was doing graphic design, I worked for um, a vitamin company called Vitalman. Um, <laughs> Wait, you work for a vitamin company? called vitamin <laughs> it's it's like vitamin not vitamin oh vitamin yeah, yeah. like, like vital man like hey vital man like that yeah but i think it was m like hey that's vital man. vital m-e-n i believe it was vital men like a group of like a group of men yeah. a, a group of vitals i don't know <laughs> a group of vital men yeah um where so call that a herd by the way is that a herd (laughs) yeah a group of men is a herd i think so or a murder it might be the murders is the best one yeah whoever thought that name up for crows (laughs) that person is awesome that is just the best genius oh man genius so good um but yeah so i i did work for a vitamin company and I actually got the chance to design a, a number of labels for their bottles. And that was an interesting experience. It was packing a lot of information on a small, in a small space because these were small bottles. And on the bottles, we just had a label that we you know, wrapped around. So it wasn't like the entire bottle that I had as a canvas to design for. Um, but that, that was pretty interesting. And we had like a, a bunch of stuff on that label that was required um, by the, the FDA, you know, here's all of the, the little disclaimers about this product, um, in terms of like, it's, um, it's ingredients, all that stuff. And we had to, we had to have some stuff in there for sure. Um, and then I had like a lot of stuff to play with. Um, and the interesting part about that was I did have to think about, since this was wrapping around a actual, you know, 360 degree physical product, Patrick, I did have to think about how it flowed together when somebody would turn it um, and how they would see it mm-hmm. sitting on a shelf um, or how they would see it sitting on a web page, you know. Um, so that was fun. I, I, I did probably three or four um, different labels, uh, you know, for different products. And I got to kind of work with their brand a little bit. So I would design kind of the logo that would go on the front and then the, the required stuff on the sides and all that was great and when you're designing for for physical things that you're you know printing for example it's it's similar to when you're designing for you know uh digital 
you know, two dimensional thing. You have to understand um, basically all of the dimensions of that product or, or the dimensions of whatever it is. So for example, if you, most of our designers would know if you're designing for a phone, a mobile device, you have to, you know, design for us with those dimensions in mind so you can fit all of the content. That is the same exact way for when you're designing for um, printed things, for labels, um, for flyers, all that stuff. The first thing you ask as a designer when you get a project are what are the dimensions that I'm printing on? What are the options that I have? And you're typically thinking of that, you know, in, in inches rather than pixels. Um, or in points, you know, whatever you want to do, because Adobe does support those points. Um, so, yet I was typically, th I would typically think about those things in inches and like, um, what are these things going to look like in the physical world versus just on a you know digital device with a really sharp screen. So, um, you have to kind of think about a lot of stuff there. Also, colors you're not really doing in, um, you know, the the hex colors that we do now. You know, in, with UX design, you're thinking in. Um, not just RGB, but CMYK, because the printer you're working with is also going to be printing um, with those colors in mind. And so you're kind of um, picking colors that make sense for the printer. You're going to have those limitations of like, um, how many colors are we allowed to do? Um, if this is really small, are these colors going to bleed together too much? Because the printer maybe isn't a super great printer. Um, so yeah, you, you have a lot of different things that you're thinking about when you're designing for... Um, you know, for print essentially. And that's kind of where I got my start in design is, you know, doing a lot of print products and it was a lot of fun for sure. Do you have, did you, when you were done designing those and they produced them, did you go get a bottle of them? Yeah. And like look at them and be like, Ooh, look at that. Look what I did. Exactly. I totally did that. Yeah. I had, I would get those bottles and look at them. I'd, you know, turn them around, pretend like I was a customer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I love seeing, that's the best part about, you know, doing printed design is like you get it after it's done, you get like a sample of it um, and you just get to hold it in your hands and just like touch it. And it's really awesome. It's a pretty cool experience when you see something you print it and see how it turns out um, in real life. I, I did this like really long banner at one time that was like a 10 foot wide banner, you know, for a conference. And that was awesome to like, be able to like, we got it from the printer. We like rolled it out and saw like, wow, this looks great, you know? So it's, it's really fun um, seeing that stuff in the, the physical world, getting to touch it and not just, you know, playing with it on your screen. <laughs> yeah, print design is print design is fun because of that. I think mostly for that reason. I think print design for me was always more difficult um, because you had to deal more with vectors than you did with bitmap images. Like if you wanted to use an image, you had to, you had to get a large image or you had to figure out you had to, you know, convert it to vector mm -hmm. or trace it or do something right. Like, so that it can be, it can be expanded. It can be bigger. So it's not pixelated depending on what you're working on. Um, the Pantone thing always got me cause you're dealing with, you're dealing with color. That's like on this display, we're dealing with color that's emitted. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it's, cre it's not created, but it's, it's emitted out of the, out of the display versus on print, you're dealing with color that's being absorbed by sunlight or artificial light or whatever. So getting the right Pantone for a color, um, and having it print correctly on CMYK, like you brought up, was really difficult for me. I did, I remember doing, um, some business cards and our, our color, like our logo color was blue. It was like a light blue. 
Um, and so I did these business cards. I did the background that was like all, all light blue. And then when I got it back, when I got the sample back from the print job, from the printer, it was like purple. <laughs> yep. And it was whatever Pantone color we were using. So we had to we had to go through and select a different blue color that was close, but not the same. You know, like not the same, and but still matched our brand. And that was difficult to get that blue to print correctly. Um, the other, the other story, and I think we've talked about this before in the past. Um, I printed a person's name wrong. Like I, I flipped the characters and I sent it to the printer, and none of us caught on to it. So we, we, we made a whole batch of uh, business cards and sent them out to a to a convention. And when they got to the convention, his name was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was spelled <laughs> wrong, and like it's just it's it's like editing print work um is so important and having other people edit the print work before it goes out and having and and then sampling the print work right like that was one thing i that i learned was really important is i used to just not like the first couple times i did it i didn't get a sample i just like sent the the printer my my files and then i got the stuff back and then we printed up like a hundred letterheads and everything was like skewed to the left or something you know yeah because of something that happened in the file or whatever, or how we had it lined up or whatever. And then, uh, so it was always important to, you know, get a sample before. It's kind of like in our world, it would be like, you know, we can, we can just adjust anything, but just having somebody else look at your design before you send it to the development team. Um, but even then, like you screw up a guy's name, it's like, oh, we'll just flip those and it's done, right? It's super forgiving. Yeah. But yeah, print, print is difficult that way, but, but it's also really cool to see something physically printed like even when you print a sticker you know from like sticker mule or something and you get it in the mail it's cool to like see it and you're just like whoa i did this sticker yeah exactly even something that cheesy <laughs> put it on your laptop yeah no yeah. um i i can definitely resonate with with what you're saying about like basically the mistakes you can make in print um because sorry, <laughs> i'm a horrible speller patrick i definitely rely <laughs> on a lot of software to help me spell things right <laughs> and um back when i started i'm i'm pretty sure um all of the adobe software like illustrator did not have spell check um mm. and i would often make mistakes and i i made those mistakes and you know learned from that the hard way that you really have to have other people look at your stuff first because you're you're definitely going to be deep into design and you're really just focusing on like all oh, the colors and the shapes and then you just like plop like, okay, here's this paragraph or whatever that I'm designing for this flyer or that I'm, you know, putting together for this flyer. And you just like, just plop it in and write it really fast, but you're really worried about how the design looks, like how everything is going together because you're the designer and you may not be like a writer, <laughs> you know, um, like myself. And yeah, I made that mistake a lot. Um, and it's, it's frustrating when you have to like, you know, get another sample from the printer because you made a mistake because, you know, you got the sample, you, you give it to your boss and they're like, oh, this this is totally wrong. And you look kind of like an idiot doing that. Um, so, yeah, I made that mistake a lot. And it's it's always um, it's always kind of crazy. Yeah. You're always kind of worried that it won't come out perfect um, from the printer because um, it's a long process to get that sample back. And then if you want to, you know, submit something again, you got to wait again. So you're going to run out of time before this, this project is due. So it's um, kind of stressful mm -hmm. in that way, which I, I was excited to get into, you know, digital design <laughs> when I did um, <laughs> for that reason, because I, I didn't have to worry too much about that back and forth. 
um, working with printers, but. Yeah, you definitely have to plan more. Mm -hmm. Like things have to be planned more. I mean, you know, fortunately, I think tools like InDesign and stuff do a really good job helping you lay things out and plan and get things organized correctly. Because, yeah, if you're not organized and you're not, and you're not, you don't plan well. And even if your files aren't organized very well, like sometimes when you're exporting and getting ready, you know, sending stuff to the printer, they have to be a particular way, right? They have to be, you know, some printers want them in EPS form and you don't flatten all of your strokes or you used a font, right? And then you didn't flatten your font before you sent it out. Um, There's all kinds of issues with that. So you have to like plan ahead and make sure you're, you're doing everything right. I think I haven't done, I've only done a little bit. Uh, I've done t-shirts um we've done i've done like band posters i've done small things i've never done anything like really major but yeah it's always been the same like you send it like you do a t-shirt that you think is just going to be super easy mm-hmm. and you know you send it out and then you're like oh you get you get the print back and it's like oh why is that whole why is this ear missing you know why is this person's like whatever graphic you know whatever we did some we did uh, these things for in structure, and I I wasn't the artist behind it, but I converted the artwork um, into the digital file to send to the printer, so we could do the we could we could print these T-shirts and stuff. And he drew uh, it was a Star Wars panda theme, so like space pandas. Okay. Because it in structure, our mascot was a panda for whatever sure. reason. But um, yeah, we did these things for an internal like an internal training event. And so it was like, imagine like a stormtrooper, right? But it's a panda. So it's got like a panda, but it's got like armor and stuff all over it. So he did all this and then I put it, I, he, he did all the artwork. Um, Jeremy did all the artwork and then he sent it to me. And then I digitized it and kind of, you know, cleaned it up a little bit so that we could send it to the mm-hmm. printer. Because um, his was all like hand done and everything. And I didn't, I forgot to, I forgot to, uh, I forgot to like flatten a couple layers like from the shapes when I was, when I was creating, when I was redrawing some of the shapes. And so when I got them back, a lot, a couple of the plates of, when we got the t-shirts back, there was a couple plates that just had an outline. They weren't filled, (laughs) right? They didn't have a white fill. They were just kind of an outline. And there was just a few of them and nobody really, nobody really noticed it. And I didn't notice it really either. I I knew something was wrong, but I didn't compare it with my file, you know, Hmm. directly. And so we printed a bunch of these and they still, they look really cool. I mean, like it, it kind of looks like it's part of the aesthetic now <laughs> when I look back at it, but, but yeah, there's just a couple of those kind of like random plates on his body, like these armor plates that just were outlines when they should have been filled, yeah. you know? And it's, it's stuff like that that you just, you have to pay so much more attention to your design and to the print, to the final product. And I, I think, I think the lesson from doing print design though um that i learned was paying attention to what is released right like we've talked about this before on the podcast um designers like digital designers a lot of times just design their mock-ups and they hand it off and they don't see how it's created Mm -hmm. right in print design you you can't avoid it you you send out you get a print it comes back if it's wrong it's the designer's fault it's always the designer's fault because the printers, the printer doesn't. The printer just takes your file and prints it. And if you didn't understand how the print process was going to work, then you designed it wrong, right? So like, you couldn't you couldn't blame the printer for it unless it was like smudged or messed up or something like that, you know? 
but in digital design it's too easy to just be like here's the flow here's the here's the ui here's all that okay send it to development and then you see the product after it's built and you're like that doesn't look anything like it you know it's easy for a digital designer to be like well the developer just built it wrong you know and make excuses but it's the designer's responsibility to make sure that 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 gets built the way that um it should get built right and just like print design you know creating labels you need to understand how it's printed you need to understand you know you don't need to understand the specifics of the machine or anything yeah. like that but you need to understand the process and how it works so that you can actually design for that process so that your design comes out uh the right way um but yeah it's a lot easier to tweak it at the end yeah. you know even though sometimes you get pushed back it's a little easier to be like hey uh, that color should be pink, not green or mm-hmm. whatever. No, that's, so. that's really true. Cause I, if I think back to my experience doing this, like, I feel like I would have, you know, many different parts of my design process, but like when I was ready to print a design, I would basically cop, I'd create like a new artboard. I'd take that design and I would just com- completely clean it up, just getting it ready for prints. Cause when I would design something and put it together and then getting it ready for print is very different. Like, because you, you clean it up mm-hmm. so much, you flatten so many things and you just get rid of so much like extra stuff that you don't have to have on there, you know, as you're, you're trimming it down. Um, so yeah, you really have to know, um, what your printer needs specifically and those printers need different things so you have to like you know go to their guidelines and say okay what what's the file type they need as you mentioned um what what are the exact dimensions what is the the dpi that i need to print this at like all that stuff you need to have like ready and so you do have to separate that's a kind of a stopping point okay i'm ready to get this ready for print and i have to like basically change everything and you know go all go through all of this like checklist of stuff to get it ready and I love how you're, you're t- kind of um, comparing that to how we get our stuff ready um, in the UX world for, for development. And um, I think a lot of that definitely is going to be changing because you said we don't need to necessarily understand the print process, but we do need to have a good relationship with our developers so we don't just send it to them and then, you know, a few weeks or months later, we see this thing built and it's wrong, right? It's the, the relationships that I've had um, with developers is they're building like this little piece of my design and they come to me and they say, is this right? Um, is this exactly what you're thinking? Is this the way the interaction is supposed to work? And you're able to see it not like exactly live, but you're able to see it like, you know, in the development staging environment and you're able to see how it works and you're able to make tweaks along the way to both the design and as well as the, you know, the code. Um, so that's really important. So getting stuff ready is you're, you are going to take some time to go, okay, I need to make sure the padding is right. Um, I need to, you know, make sure all the colors are correct and I have the right icons in there so that when developers come in and look at this, they can see, okay, here's what I need to do for this. But you also need to work with them in the process, which is, which that part is different from the printing process. You're not exactly going to the print shop and, um, and, you know, watching them do it exactly. But you are you are getting feedback from them, I guess, in a way that I'm thinking about this now. Like they are sending you samples and you're like, OK, this is good or this is not good. We need to fix something. Um, so you're definitely going to want to have a relationship that I guess is actually more similar where you are getting those samples before the final product. So I think I started that sentence with one thing and I changed it to something else. But midstream, <laughs> <laughs> midstream. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's pretty interesting. You should be working with developers 
developers as just as you work with your printers um, to see what's going on with this this final product. So when it's ready to go, um, it's it's the right thing, right? It, it doesn't have any of those typos mm-hmm. <laughs> like my designs always had, and um, the colors are correct and you know the layout is correct, so that you know when you're finally holding the final product in your hand or on your computer or on your smartphone, you're able to like be really proud of it. Well, and you, you have to, like, with digital design, too, you you should. I think you're a better designer when you understand what de- what the development team is, what, what materials they're working with, yeah. right? Like, they're, they're working with HTML, CSS, JavaScript. They, they could be working with many frameworks within JavaScript, right? So, like, they could be working with React or Ember or whatever, and those different frameworks um, offer different things, right, that they can do with with the technology it's the same that that's the same as like I, I remember doing a design i did a design for a business card and then we thought it would be cool so we did the design then we went with the printer and they had these like foil cards right with the, like the foil so you've got the regular ink that they would use and then you've got like the foil they could put on and make them kind of like shiny mm-hmm. you know and so we thought oh it'd be really cool to do foil so i sent them the same I just sent them my design, right? And they printed it out. And the foil banners, that, like the, not the banners, but the foil bars that we put on the design of the card um, bled together on the final design because they were too close together, right? So regular ink print, those wouldn't have been too close together, but because the foil's a denser material and different heats and stuff like that, it, it kind of bled together more. So then I had to go back to my design um, and go okay. Well, these sections are the foil sections. So now I gotta now I've gotta like figure out what to do to make those still represent what we're trying to communicate, mm-hmm. but also add enough padding. So, like, you do sort of have to understand the material that the that the developers are using too, so that you can you know you can understand your limitations, and not just assume that oh I'm gonna make this thing, and then when it gets built it's gonna be correct, yeah. right? Like, if you if you're designing on a 10 point grid and they're building on an eight point grid like it's not going to line up correctly things aren't going to work the same way so there has to be some alignment there and there has to be some understanding of what you know the material they're using to build to build to construct the thing it's like anything it's like anything that's built right like you know constructing a building like a skyscraper as a as an architect or a designer of that building right you have to understand what materials you can use the strength of those materials, how they look in the sunlight, um, how they oxidize, right? Yeah. Like, are these things going to oxidize over time? So it's the same thing. Every every design medium, we not we may not be the experts at building any of these things, but we should be uh, somewhat in the expert in what materials we're going to use to make these things. And I think that's a really good lesson from print design. Um, you know, if you've ever, like, even if you're a designer out there and you've never, you, your company doesn't do print design or you're on the UX team and the marketing team handles all that, like, that's fine. But like, um, you know, make a wedding invitation for your cousin sometime or, um, you know, volunteer to do something like that, even if it's not a professional type print mm-hmm. thing. Um, because the lessons, there's, there's lessons there that can, that can enhance your digital design for sure. Yeah. Especially in a process especially through the process. And then you're going to be like, this is difficult. I'll go back to digital design, but you'll still understand. Like you'll still understand principles. Andy, I did a label once. Do you remember, do you remember Eric, Eric? Abel? I do. Yes. 
So he he uh, he decided one day. I th- I think he just I think I think he just like I'm gonna make a mistake with my life, <laughs> and I'm going to quit canopy and go somewhere uh-huh. else. <laughs> so in, in honor of and like honoring honoring Eric's stupidity and his mistake, um, I decided to get a, a hot uh, some hot sauce, some green hot All sauce, right. <laughs> and then make a label for the hot sauce. Wow. And then give that to him to commemorate his time at Canopy, okay. right? Because he always used to say, like, this is great design or whatever, but we need to sprinkle some Canopy sauce on there. <laughs> like, he used to say stuff like that all the time. And it always, it always struck me, like, yeah, we could, we could build what the, what the competition builds, but if we, if we make it like this, that's gonna, we're going to put the Canopy sauce all on. Right. So I wanted to leave him with some Canopy sauce. Uh, so I did a label, and, I, and you were talking about how it wraps around the mm-hmm. bottle. I remember test printing like 15 different labels before I got my design right. So it could wrap around that bottle just the right way, you know, so it would like not overlap. And yeah. It was pretty, pretty good stuff. Yeah, that's, it's fun. It's, it's definitely a different, different <laughs> beast for sure, as I mentioned before. But so that worked out. I don't remember seeing that canopy sauce thing. No, because you, you, had I had already left after that. Like a trader before. Gotcha. He did. Okay. Yeah. Dang, I want some of I want some of that canopy sauce. I think you can buy it at uh, Macy's. Okay. I think that's where I got it. I'll go look. It's just green. I feel like asking the the store manager. Like, so my friend told me you guys have canopy sauce. I'm looking all over for it. Yeah. He'll find it for you. That's great. So, Patrick. They sell it in all the major retailers. <laughs> all the major ones. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm I'm going to look forward to um, having some, some canopy sauce and sprinkling it on on stuff. My, my first thought would be like to sprinkle it on my computer so my designs would be better. But I don't know if that would be a good outcome. It, yeah, probably yeah. not. Best case scenario, your computer is going to be sticky. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Patrick, <laughs> speaking of sticky, there's something I want to talk about. <laughs> oh, That's, no. Um, so, I there's a friend of mine that recently um, recommended a show to me, Patrick. A, f- a friend yeah, of yours? Yeah, a friend of mine. <laughs> Did you just do air quotes? <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to say? I don't have any friends? Oh, a friend? <laughs> oh, this is... I thought I thought it was code for you talking about yourself. No, it wasn't code. It, it, I mean, it's code for actually me talking about a show that you, Patrick Cox, recommended to me. And it turned out to be a very sticky show in terms of being good. So uh, you had mentioned, and I want to talk about this show a little bit. I've only watched two episodes so far. Last night I was like, hey, Patrick told me about this show because I was trying to figure out what to watch. And I pulled it up. Seinfeld. No, you've never you've never told me to watch Seinfeld because I think you know smartly that I already do. Um, yeah. But you had recommended the show Ted Lasso to me, if you remember. Yeah. And I started watching that show boy that's a good show i'm, I'm only again i've only two episodes huh? in but you you were right about it being a super heartwarming show um 
it's just super like it like kind of makes you smile and feel good while it's still being a comedy um even though like you know it's a it's a it's a team it's a show that involves sports i'm totally cool with it <laughs> i don't really I'm not I'm, I'm not a subscriber of sports but it was still a really great show so far and um i'm learning a lot from this show about leadership um and i kind of wanted yes. to bring that up like it's just incredible so i just to kind of give our listeners um a recap of what the show is about essentially there's this a soccer and or football you know for our other listeners across the pond <laughs> um team that needs a new manager and they hire this guy from what is he like from kansas or kentucky or something um yeah like college college yeah, football and college american football and he's just coming in to teach to coach this team and this this character that comes in is so interesting. He's like this really like energetic and really nice um, individual who's coming into this team who's it's a little bit broken. Like a, a lot of the people aren't like they're not working together well. The the person who owns the team um, who hired him also has ulterior motives um, and this person comes in and he's like such an interesting leader. He's just coming in and he's trying to figure out what the problems are. And he's trying to spend time with these people and understand like what, what they're all about and what they're, what um, is bringing them down. And he's just using a lot of positivity and um, a lot of like um, bonding to bring them together as a team. And it's also just like a really funny show, but I'm just like learning so many small things about like how to be a leader. And like, I, I can see this, like if, if I, you know, ever have that in my, if I ever become a manager or a leader as a designer, like a lot of really great things that I can employ from this show. Um, and I'm only two episodes in, I don't know how many episodes there are of this, but um, so far so good, Patrick. I, I think this was a, a solid recommend from you. Yeah, it's a good show. I've, it's one of my favorites. There's only 10 episodes because they started it this year. Okay. Um, but I think it'll get, I think it'll get picked up and have more episodes because it's a good, it's a good show. Yeah. It's a really good show. Yeah. It's just. Now, I do, now that you've seen it, I want to ask you a question about it. Ted Lasso, the main character mm-hmm. played by Jason Sudeikis. Who does he remind you of? Doesn't he remind you of somebody we've worked with? <laughs> hmm. Who would that be? Somebody you worked with at Canopy. On the design team. On the design team. Would that be Danon? Is that who you're thinking about? Well, not, who are you t- not Danon. Not Danon? Danon's too dry. But he has some, I mean, where I, where I put those two things together is like he has some really interesting dad jokes, like really corny <laughs> jokes, and so does Danon. So I was like, is that who you're thinking of? <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess you can see the corniness. Yeah. He always reminds me, when I, when I watched the show, there was somebody, we got like five, six episodes in, and I'm like, he reminds me of somebody that I've worked with. Just like his personality. And I, I couldn't quite place it. And then one day... I just saw Tim Hansen in my head. Like I'm watching the show and I saw Tim. Oh my and I was gosh. Like, yeah. Tim is such a positive guy and so happy 
and wants to bring everybody together. He's like he's like that character. That's so true. I totally see that. That's so true. He's just one of those people that you just watch and you're just so entertained um, just because his personality yeah. is like it's so quirky, but like it, it is super upbeat. And he's just like, yeah, he's so warm. He comes up to you. He's like, how are you doing, man? He's like very sincere about it. Um, yeah, I, I can totally see that. I hadn't put that together. That is awesome. Like you, you like if Tim, <laughs> if Tim brought you muffins in the morning and, and like you found out that he made those every time he met you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't question it. You'd be like, "That just—that's yeah. him. He's so good. He's—that's who yeah. he is." <laughs> Absolutely, and he's—he's he's definitely that thoughtful. So, man, I missed him. That is too yeah. bad. But yeah, I can—I can totally see that. I think, good show. I think we should—we should be more like Ted Lasso and Tim, um, as as leaders. And I don't think we have to be managers. Or a design leader, you know, to have that to be an actual leader. I think, I think you can take a lot of those aspects and you know be somebody who wants to get to know other people and just you know bring people together. I think really good designers are ones that bring people together, and we could probably all be better at that. One thing too that uh, to to go on your point um, in that show, the way it's written or whatever his character's written. He looks at the players, he looks at the other coaches, and he sees what they're he sees their potential in them. Yeah. Right? And then he allows them to to have that potential, like rewriting plays or whatever, you know. Um, and I thought that was a really cool illustration just in a TV show, just in a sitcom, to have that where it's like those those players were so traditionally put in their boxes and then he came in and was like no you could do this or you could do this you know like i'm gonna put you in this position you know he took the equipment manager and made him a coach like he he did things that are non-traditional which i think we need to do more of in the ux world as designers is like is is question those traditions and be like why are we doing that we need to do something else and i thought that was a really cool leadership quality that he had as a character that any designer could use on their team working with a development team. Absolutely. I think one thing also that stood out to me is like one of the first people that, that, you know, he comes onto the stadium and one of the first people he meets is that, that guy named Nathan. And, I, and I'm not sure what his, but he's like an assistant um, of some kind. Um, and he's, he's like, what's your name? And the, and the guy is like, no one's ever asked me what my name is. And like he, then he, <laughs> he treats him like a human. Like he, he asks his advice. Um, he like asks him like, you know, what, what's up with that guy? And so he's, he's actually treating people like humans. And I think that's really, really important not to treat people like a position or a role. Um, but you know, treat them like humans. And I think mm-hmm. that was an awesome thing that I learned from that too. So I'm going to keep going with this show. I thought it was um, pretty inspirational actually. And something I didn't expect. I, I came into this, you know, you said it was heartwarming, came into, into this with a little bit of that in mind, but I didn't think it would be to this level. Yeah, it's good. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. As you're, you're having your 2020 blues, <laughs> go watch the show instead. yep so okay man did we answer tyler's tyler's question yes um his question was have we done anything around for those physical products and labels so the first answer was no second answer was yes (laughs) we did it (laughs) 
40 that, that could have been like a 30 second answer but we did 40 minutes on yes it. you're welcome tyler i gave you all the details you wanted <laughs> cool i'm gonna go grab a uh a, a grilled cheese burrito now oh do it that will that will warm me up in a happy way too yep <laughs> okay see you man <laughs> You want to know the best way to support the podcast? And I know you do because you made it to the end of this episode. That is share it. Share it with a coworker, share it with a family member, share it with a friend, share it with whoever you want to, share it with a construction worker, share it with somebody, it doesn't matter. Just share it. Um, a couple more ways to support the podcast though. Go buy a t-shirt over at designmuch.threadless.com and then wear it with pride. And then lastly, to support the podcast, we need your topics. Use hashtag designmuchtopics on social media or shoot us an email at topics at designmuch.org or just go to designmuch.org slash contact and fill out the form. 